0: this podcast is brought to you by racing thread formula one clothing for literally any occasion their clothing features subtle evocative embroidered designs of your favorite f1 moments from ricardo's mchorsey entrance to kevin's first pull from pierre and yuki's bromance to inspector seb the moments are endless whether you're out to dinner with friends watching the race at home or cheering in the grandstands Gone are the embarrassing sponsor logos. Instead, Racing Thread is F1 clothing you are comfortable wearing anywhere. Dirty Driving listeners can get 15% off Racing Thread's entire range of t-shirts, sweatshirts, polos, and bucket hats using the code Dirty Driving. Head over to RacingThread.com to shop F1 racewear for anywhere. It's chaos. It's a different type of Sunday scary. It's your newest obsession. It's Dirty Driving, a Formula One podcast. Hello everyone, welcome back to yet another episode of Dirty Driving. You are here with Katie, obviously, and today, because it was a bye week last weekend, which yes, another week that went by that Katie was a little less happy. I don't wanna say I'm more sad, but I'm less happy when it's a bye week, but I'm getting off track. Today, we're talking about a very interesting topic that in recent years has become more popular, at least the use of the term has become more popular. And not only that, but it can be used to describe our last race. So two weekends ago, we were in Saudi Arabia, and this is a term that popped up quite a bit before the season, even before Bahrain and Saudi. So I just felt like It was something that we wanted to talk about, that I wanted to talk about, but I didn't want to talk about it before those races. I wanted to talk about them after the fact to see if anything more that came out about sports washing or what F1 was doing to not prevent but to lessen the blow. So if so far you have no idea what I'm talking about, I'm about to define what sports washing is so that we're all on the same page. Sports washing, which I'm sure I'm going to slur that a million times this episode, so just bear with me, refers to the ways in which a country invests in sports to promote or essentially repair its reputation on a global stage and deflect attention away from less favorable perceptions of the country's actions and institutions. For example, a country associated with a poor human rights record will most likely be associated with a high profile sports tournament in hopes of improving everyone's view of this country on the global stage. The use of this term, sports washing, has a pretty short history. But the practice of sports washing is almost as old as sports. There's this story about the long war between Athens and Sparta. And Athens was down for the count. Like, they were not going to win. It was not looking great. Sparta was like, we've got this. No worries. We'll wipe out Athens. This is where the genius came in. It was an Athenian politician went to the Olympic Games in the middle of the war, and he was like, I'm going to fix this, and he shows up with several chariot teams who absolutely dominated. They took first, second, and either third or fourth place, and that's expensive to show up in the middle of a war with four teams, beautiful chariots. It's almost relatively as expensive of like having an F1 team, so The idea that this Athenian politician had was to basically show up, blow everyone away and prove to them that Athens was still in it to win. And that's exactly what he did. It was an absolute domination and everyone became terrified of Athens. It was simply a straight up geopolitical maneuver. Today, in recent history, the term was used about seven years ago when a human rights activist, forgive me for this pronunciation, Golnera Akhundover, wrote an article for a UK newspaper. He was criticizing the fact that the European Games were being held in Baku, who had a history of poor human rights. Where does F1 race? Baku. So... Before we get into F1 and sports washing, I want to talk a little bit about how this washing metaphor came to sports. And there are two main reasons sports washing is attractive to media companies, sponsors, governments, and states. Sports are one of the few remaining forms of content that can bring together massive audiences, especially in this fragmented media landscape that we essentially live in today. Because of this, sports can be used to target the attention of particular groups, nationalities, classes, gender, age, etc. And instead of concealment or cover-ups like whitewashing or greenwashing, Sports washing specifically draws attentions away from the poor choices that these countries make. Another example, if Saudi Arabia is being associated with a well-run, high-profile Formula One race, then it isn't only being known for its appalling human rights record, its inequitable political system, or resource exploitation, when F1 comes around to Saudi Arabia and it's in the news. Everything is about F1. Nothing is about what's actually happening in that country. So instead of covering it up, sports washing is diverting the attention away from it. Prior to the 2023 season, a group of UK Parliament members expressed their concerns to the FIA and F1 in their role of sports washing with a call for an independent inquiry into the championship and governing bodies activities in countries where there are questionable human rights records. They cited that Bahrain has the highest imprisonment rate in the Middle East with an estimate of 1,300 political prisoners. This group of parliament members wrote that they Condemn F1's refusal to engage in key stakeholders, including human rights groups, such as the Bahrain Institute for Rights and Democracy, when awarded Bahrain the longest contract in F1 history, breaching F1's own policy. So we are racing in Bahrain until 2036, and F1 is essentially doing nothing about the fact that it's not the greatest country, The letter signed off with multi-million dollar profits must not come at the expense of human rights, period. There's a new F1 rumor that Saudi Arabia is pushing for a new team that looks to really focus on the team being an equality, diversity, and inclusion team with a 50-50 gender ratio among the staff and the drivers. This, to me, feels a little like the Saudi Arabian Golf League that they were trying to have all of the masters join. Saudi Arabia wants to have an F1 team where it's 50-50 gender ratio when women remain second-class citizens in that country. That doesn't really add up at all. Like, let's have a team that praises diversity and inclusion and equality, but we're going to treat the women in our country like shit, and we're going to continue to treat the women in our country like shit. It doesn't really sit well, and it's not just in Formula One. We had the Winter Olympics most recently in China, who has a appalling human rights record and an opposition to the independent country of Taiwan. Like I mentioned a little bit earlier, Saudi Arabia and golf. The two times master champion Bubba Watson praised Saudi's efforts in supporting women's golf, completely ignoring the fact that women had to get permission from a male guardian to live alone until recently. Again, another example that shows that Saudi Arabia treats women like shit, but wants to start a team that distracts from the fact that they are still doing so by potentially putting... A woman driver on the grid. And then, like I mentioned earlier, Saudi Arabia's World Golf Tour for the game's most elite is a large effort to cleanse the country's image. Then we have Qatar hosting the 2022 Men's World Cup. This is one that really took sports washing to the next level because the migrant workers have been exploited. And thousands of them died while actually building the World Cup infrastructure. And we're not doing anything about it. Instead, we're going to the World Cup and cheering on these teams and pretending like nothing has ever happened. Another most recent example is that Russia, after they invaded Ukraine, both the Olympic Committee and FIFA moved to ban athletes from competing, essentially taking away a weapon that Putin has used to shape Russia's image over the years. I don't foresee sports washing going away anytime soon. It will continue to happen as long as we give these countries the power to distract every citizen of the world, from what is actually going on in their countries, how they are actually treating their citizens. But we can call it out when we see it and continue to educate ourselves about what's really going on in these countries as fans of these sports that travel to these places. What we can also do is advocate for the institutions to put a stop to what's going on. And not only put a stop to what's going on by choosing not to race there or compete there or host tournaments there, but also acting as advocates to these promoters and say, the reason we're not racing here is because of X, Y, Z. If these things change, then we will reconsider coming back. It can't just be a cash grab. For the disrespect of humans, it, we cannot just cash grab and choose what's going to make F1 a multi-million dollar contract. Why is it important to not let these countries get away with sports washing? Well, they're literally disrespecting the people who call their country home. It's foul. It's unfair. It's unjust. And how is my perspective affected by how I see sports washing as a whole? I said it a couple episodes ago, how every single one of these tracks is on my list. I've really started to think about which tracks I would never want to go to. Not because the racing's bad or because it's not on my list, but because of the way that these countries not only treat women, but all their citizens. It's disappointing. And as we continue to feed into it, as Formula One, as FIFA, as the Olympics, as whatever institute it is continues to feed into allowing these countries to treat their citizens like this, we should not be racing there. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Dirty Driving. Until next time, stay dirty. This podcast is brought to you by Red Racer Books, a children's book series about the marvelous world of motorsports. Looking to get the kiddos in your life interested in Formula One? The series includes The ABCs of Racing, which teaches concepts about racing with Red Racer as your guide. The 34 page book is full of gorgeous illustrations inspired by actual tracks and racing situations around the world. The series also includes the book, All About Race Cars, a guide to Formula One race cars. Red Racer is joined by Roxy the Engineer, and they walk you through all the ins and outs of F1. This book is packed with 40 pages of beautiful illustrations teaching STEM facts about F1 cars. Red Racer Books is on a mission to give kids in the US and beyond a global perspective on sportsmanship, diversity, science and technology dirty driving listeners can get 20 percent off red racer books entire series using the code dirty driving head over to redracerbooks.com to buy the kiddos or the adults in your life their new favorite book